This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. Did you understand anything I just said? Yeah, I got it. I'm good at that. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. <laughs> it sounds like we uh like we on path. Yep, we're on a path. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Good afternoon. Happy Monday. This is the happy hour. 93.7 The Ticket. Theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Clary are with you today. Hello, Rico. Hello. How's it going? How was the long weekend, man? It was great, man. It was fantastic. Um, we got uh, some more gifts from my family for the kiddos, and love gifts. Ellie received probably her favorite gift of Christmas time uh, from I think my oldest sister. Okay, it's supposed to be pajamas, um, but it's like a little costume. Like, have you ever watched the Crudes? No. Well, there's a little sloth on there. His name is Belt. Let's uh, look this up. Yeah, you can look it up. The Crude's Sloth, if anybody is wondering. Uh, his name is Belt, and Ellie got wow. a little costume that's, you know, it's it's him. And she puts <laughs> it on, and she loves it. That's like, good. I have a video on my phone of her just going crazy with it. Does she take it off? Uh, she can take it off. She can't put it on. It's okay. kind of complicated for her to put on. She can take it off, uh, but she's hilarious with it. She's like, I won't be Sloth. I won't be Sloth. <laughs> I won't do Sloth dance. There's, like, apparently there's a... Sid the Sloth Ice Age like song then dance that goes okay. along with it. Uh, so my my sister in law showed that to her, and now every time she puts her sloth thing on, she's like, "I want to do sloth dance." That is, I'll do sloth dance. So she does that. That's fantastic. She has a little tail. We're just like shake your tail, and it's hilarious. <laughs> and it has like little little uh, holes for her hands to come out of the sleeves, mm-hmm. where she can put her hands in like the sloth hands. But her arms are too short, so she just puts them out of the little holes, and she swings her arms around, and the hands go crazy, and it's it's hilarious. I love it so much. That is fantastic. As always, 402-464-5685, Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sutter Hammond text line, both those open for you all hour long. Uh, following us, it's not one-on-one with DP. I'm going to have to get used to saying that. It is that. not. going to have to get used to saying that. It'll be me and Bach for an hour, and then from three to four, and then Bach and Strick. Still unsure what they are going to call their show. There's, there's a poll. There's a poll. I, I voted for On the Block with Strick and Bach. I think, I think that's what I'm going to vote for. I don't think I voted yet. I actually, you know, I'm going to do that right now. Go ahead and do that right now. Vote for right um, now. How was your guys' weekend? Hope it was well. Um, please send us any thoughts that you have all hour long, whether that be on the college football playoff, whether that be on Husker Hoops. We will dive into all of that. Jacob Padilla will join us at 2.30 today instead of tomorrow. We have another guest at 2.30 tomorrow, so... We are going to. We moved Jacob to today at two thirty, and it works out well because Husker hoops. Obviously, a disappointing loss mm. last night. You you literally Nebraska had it, and that's the most frustrating thing. Is and Rico, I'm, I'm right there. Yeah, it was. It was, it was right, right there in the palm of your hand. And, and here's the thing: Nebraska was up five points with thirty some seconds left. Five points, and a, in a in a season that Nebraska has shot better. And, and it doesn't sound good coming out of my mouth right now. <laughs> they shot better from the free throw line this season, especially, right? Um, and then you 
feel I, I was sitting here with Buck like, all right, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be good. We're going to the free throw line. We're up five, and Nebraska shot better. You know, they're they're fifteen of eighteen from the free throw line tonight. You know, Lats two of two, specifically talking about him. And I'm pulling up the stat sheet real quick from last night. But either way, you sit there and, and Nebraska basketball is down eight or up to eighty two to seventy seven or eighty to seventy five or whatever it was before overtime. And you think, all right, Nebraska is going to do this. They've shot better tonight. Obviously, Bryce McGowan's had a tough night shooting the basketball. Alonzo Verge did not play very often in the second half, only finished with 22 minutes. I believe he only played seven minutes or, or eight minutes in the second half altogether. He barely but, played. He got subbed out at one point and didn't come back into the game. But here's the thing is Nebraska found a way to run an offense or run their version of offense without Number one, Bryce shooting the ball well. Number two, Alonzo Verge, who's been your main distributor all mm-hmm. season long. With Lap Mayen, who shot three of eight from the field after the night. Tominaga, who did not contribute a whole lot offensively. Derek Walker, we'll, we'll talk to him about him really soon, especially with Jacob Padilla. But he was a huge bright spot. C.J. Wilcher showed what he was supposed to be off the bench, what Nebraska has hoped for him off the bench all season long. And, and you're sitting there once again. Nebraska's up five, and you're and, and if you want to look at ESPN's win probability, it was eighty-eight point eight percent. And you're sitting there thinking, okay, Nebraska, wow. Say whatever you want about Ohio State being three guys, having three guys out, and not practicing all together since like December eleventh or whatever they said on the broadcast. Mm-hmm. But ne- Ohio State's thirteenth in the country. This is a team that beat Duke, came back against Duke, and beat them. And you have them on the ropes on your home floor, and you don't get it done. I mean, you held their best player to 2 of 14. Yeah. Like, I know you want to say, oh, they haven't played since December 11th or whatever, but still, that's their best player. He's he's the guy they're going to go to. Derek Walker did a great job against EJ Liddell. Absolutely right. Uh, keeping him in check and making sure he was uncomfortable all night. Uh, you held him to 2 of 14, but you <laughs> – a freshman yeah, whose career high was 11 points – Drop 35. Well, and, and that's the thing is, there's no way you could predict that coming in. That's that's not that. If you told me EJ Liddell had 35, bet. Yeah. All right. Understandable. Not surprising. That's, that's, that's going to happen. He's going to get his. But Malachi Branham? Yeah. Nah, nobody, nobody saw that coming. Well, and, and there's a couple things I was thinking, you know. There were, there were a lot of bright spots last night, right? And, and a couple of them was, I, and I was writing them down. I was watching the game. Um, you know, writing some thoughts down. And Nebraska, after the under 12-minute media timeout in the first half, Ohio State was up, and Nebraska comes out and responds with a 10-0 run, takes the lead 16-14. They were down 14-6. to They only scored six points in the first eight minutes. Not a good thing. Mm-mm. Then at the 11-minute mark when there's a timeout on the floor, they come out of that timeout, adjust, and they take a 10-0 run to lead 16-14. to And at that point, here's another thing, is Nebraska, and we can talk about rebounds and, and all that, but at that point I, I was writing down some shooting because it did not look like Nebraska was going to have a good shooting night. At the 11-minute mark in the first half, they were getting out-rebounded 14-5. They allowed six offensive rebounds. They shot 27% from the field. They were 3-11. of 11. And at that time, eight minutes into the game, they were 0 of 4 from deep. And and here's the thing is, off those six rebounds, 
Ohio State only scored four points off of those six offensive rebounds that they allowed. So you're sitting there thinking Nebraska's lucky that this is only a 14-6 to advantage in favor of Ohio State. Because here's the thing, and Nebraska found a way to combat that at that moment, but then they also found a way to adjust and give credit to them because their shot started falling, they started moving the basketball, they found personnel mm-hmm. that worked on the floor, and that was something that you had not seen all season long. They were doing a really good job of driving to the rim and kicking it out, and even though they, they only hit eight threes, only attempted 23 threes, mm-hmm. um, they were doing a really good job of kicking it out, and if the shot isn't there, not rushing and taking a bad shot, but but resetting the offense or, or yeah. finding somebody else to get the ball to. And when they worked through Derek Walker, good things were happening. I know Alon- yeah. Alonzo Verge was in there, and he was making plays. He was dishing it out to people. I don't know exactly why he got subbed out and why he didn't come back into the game, but Kobe Webster, when he came in, did a really good job of running the offense as well. But when they when they got the ball to Derek Walker and he posted up or or you know faced up with his guy, he did a really good job of directing the offense and getting things moving from his spot on the floor. Or he did it a couple of times, just taking the ball himself and scoring, mm-hmm. which was very impressive. He was showing he was showing why he went to Tennessee yeah. and why he was a really highly recruited player. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and we talk about these little things, right? We we talked about it last week. Talked about it weeks before, and we've talked about it with with Jacob Padilla, but it's the little things adding up to big things, right? And when when you're looking at the stats last night, Nebraska did a lot of little things well, but at the end of the night, it just wasn't enough. And that's when you keep it's like as a Husker fan, you're so used to it that you don't even realize you're doing it anymore. You're you're going through that. What else does Nebraska have to do? What did Nebraska not do well enough last night? Right? Yeah, and. And, I mean, and, they did a lot of things really like, well. Like, I look at this, and I, Nebraska hasn't made layups well or, you know, made a lot of layups and, and had a high percentage shooting the ball from close, if you're a guard, right, finishing, mm-hmm. um, whether that's Alonzo Verge taking poor quality <laughs> shots or Bryce McGowan's that's not been a- being able to finish, which you could argue that that was a problem last night, and, and he shot 6 of 19 from the field. But Nebraska was 16 of 28 on layups. Now, that's not great, right, especially in close, but then you look at what Nebraska did. They forced 16 turnovers and had 14 points off of those turnovers. So transition basketball as well. They did. They looked really good in transition. And although Bryce didn't finish well at the rim, I I loved seeing him being as aggressive yes. as he was, not settling for those three pointers. Although he did once with a mismatch that was and he got a, taken he out. He got taken out right away. Right it was away. a very ill time shot. Um, but he wasn't settling for threes. He was attacking the basket. He wasn't getting them to fall. But you like to see that from him because eventually, with his talent, those will fall. Mm-hmm. He's getting really close. But it's <laughs> against a guy like EJ Liddell, and I know people are going to say, "Oh, you know, he's he what is he like six eight, six six mm-hmm. seven, something like that." But the man plays like a seven footer. I didn't know he was that short with the way that that everybody was talking about him and the way that he plays basketball. He plays so far above the rim. Like when he's playing defense, the man can block a shot like it's nobody's business. And you saw that on full display towards the end of the game. He wasn't doing much on the offensive end, but but rebounding-wise and defensive-wise, he was making his presence felt. He was doing everything else aside from scoring for Ohio State. 402-464-5685, Honda Lincoln Hotline, sir, him a text line. Feel free to contribute in the sh- or to the show all hour long. That way, you can join us on the Sarder Heyman Jewelers video stream, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube, or 
You can find me and Rico on Twitter, Nick underscore Sainer and at Radio Rico AC. All right, we get this off the text line. Ohio State has Malachi Branham, Jamari Wheeler, excuse me, and EJ Liddell. Nebraska has Bryce McGowan's Kase and Latman. That's enough said. What, what I would say to that is Nebraska, you look back at the, the, the stats, Nebraska held EJ Liddell to... 10 points, 2 of 14. You, he just got to the line six times mm-hmm. and, and hit five of six of those. That's one of those things where you look at at a game plan Nebraska ha- went in with, and it was it was encouraging. It was something, and, and part of that also for me personally was I took a step back and I said, all right, this is a team that has not played in a week, week and a half or, or even longer. And... You pair that with a team that has not shot the ball well this season, right? And you put those just those two factors, there's not a lot to be encouraged about going into a game against number 13 Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Especially, and you, you if you want to use, oh, well, it was on the home floor, Michigan, right? That game was on the home floor, right? 102-67. The crowd got into it this game though yeah. when Nebraska fell behind early I was like oh man you gotta get you gotta get the crowd into this they have to be excited and then as Nebraska clawed their way back in the first half and then in the second half when they took the lead the crowd was into it the players were feeding off of it you could tell you know when Latman had that dunk like that team that place almost erupted if he if he would have hit you know one of those free throws if Nebraska what? wins that game that the roof blows off of PBA. Like, everybody was so into that game. And I, with the texture here, you know, Malachi Branham, Jamari Wheeler, EJ Liddell. I mean, if you're going to go with, you know, their three best players, at least go with Nebraska's three best players. Derek Walker. And include Derek Walker outs instead of Latman or, or you know, C.J. Walker instead of instead of Kase Tominaga like, or C.J. Wilcher yeah. instead of Kase Tominaga. Like, you're gonna, if you're going to put the three best players, you can't, you know, choose Bryce McGowan's and then choose two guys who, who had, you know, lesser performances mm-hmm. in that game. Because E.J. Liddell and Derek Walker were going, you know, bar for bar with each other. Derek Walker did an amazing job on one of the best players mm-hmm. in the Big Ten Conference. You cannot take that away from it. Well, and I have no problem dying on this hill. Of Derek Walker needs to be given a steak dinner almost after every Big Ten basketball game this year. Why? Because he is the tallest man for Nebraska at six eight outside of Oleg. And free Oleg. Yeah, free Oleg. <laughs> <laughs> and and he has to go up against those guys like EJ Liddell, who may be more athletic than Derek Walker. Or, or even a, a, a Wheeler, or when we face Purdue, those seven-footers that they are so accustomed to having. Kofi Coburn. Kofi, that's, yes. And, and, that's, and, and he that's is... That's a handful. Right now, Eduardo Andre was, was all right last night, still came in, needs to have better discipline with fouling and all that little things. He's also still young. He's so still learning. You're, you're giving him some leeway there, but that, that's, all they, that's all Nebraska has is Derek Walker. And he gave you 15 points, 6 of 10 from the field, 10 boards in 34 minutes of play against the number 13 team in the country. And he would have given you better defense and got a couple. There were there were times where I wanted Derek Walker to go up and block a shot. Mm-hmm. But if he goes up, whoever's shooting that, whoever's shooting that dishes it off to EJ. And if EJ starts getting rolling, he's tough to stop. So Derek Walker was doing his best to to guard people driving into the paint and also keep EJ Liddell in check. And it's that is a hard job to do. Well, and part of that's just being smart, understanding that you are – pretty much Nebraska's line of defense when it comes to big man. You are their guy, right? And understanding that they're going to need you down the stretch so you cannot get in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. You can't. 
Because imagine this. Imagine Eduardo Andre has another bad bad night discipline-wise with fouling and, and just not playing well because he's young once again. Mm-hmm. And then Derek Walker gets three fouls early on in the second half. Man, those last 15 minutes of game time are dicey. You're playing Latman at, at the five. And he fouled out yeah, last night. And, and how's Latman season gone? It's not great. Right? And And... and there's just so many um, factors that play in. The, the margin for error is so, so slim. We talk about it being thin in football, and, and it may be thinner in, in basketball because, once again, let's talk about what it's like to be a Nebraska fan right now. When Nebraska got sent or put into overtime last night, when it was overtime, I would have a feeling that 85% of Nebraska fans, the fan base, did not think Nebraska was going to be able to win that game. I mean, that's hard because... Ohio State had seized the momentum at the time. If if Nebraska was <laughs> See, the one, if Nebraska was the one, free throw. if Nebraska was the one that came back from five points down with thirty whatever seconds left, I would have had all the confidence in the world in Nebraska winning that game in, in overtime. But the fact that they gave up the lead, they gave up a five yeah. point lead with thirty second, thirty some seconds left. That that when the overtime started, I was like, there. I don't know, man. Like this is just an eerie feeling. It just it's painful because you know that they they thought they should have had it, and it, and we exactly. all know they should have had it, it. It's hard for me to say this whole the the whole momentum thing because you hit one free throw on your home floor. I know, but you didn't, I, I and that's how they seized. The, that's how they I took know. the momentum. You didn't hit the free throws. They hit the three. They they hit the free throws. They were good. They blocked the shot at the end. Yeah. Like that, it was all theirs. That game at that well, the, starting the overtime, that was theirs. I guess what I'm trying to get at is you, you talk about what it takes to be an NCAA tournament team and things like that, and, and it's it's tough to see or, or have confidence that this program can get there when time after time they don't do the little things like overcome like this, that adversity. Right? Yeah, exactly. And, and you and I are on the same page. I agree with you about seizing momentum. Ohio State clearly seized momentum and, and everything like that. And Jesse says. They, he knew they were done, or they knew they were done um, when Ohio State hit that first three-pointer in overtime, right? It's like a dagger on your home floor, and, and Nebraska has, has been in that position way too many times. And, and the fan base, regardless of the sport, right, has been in that position way too many times where they know exactly what it means. But I, I, I need to, to believe that Nebraska will eventually get to an NCAA tournament when we're looking strictly at basketball you need to put these these performances up consistently, mm-hmm. and and in in those in those performances, it's hitting the crucial free throws. You can't you can't use the the oh we were on the road it was a tough environment tough crowd when you're at home and you're up or you're tied and it's or whatever it was and Latman has two free throws. You got to hit one, man. You're at home. There, there's no talk about the ball dribble or ball bounces differently on the court. The ball feels different because it's a different brand. There's no talk about that when you're on your home court. I mean, they were talking about the ball being different for for uh, for Branham. Yeah, when <laughs> I mean because they they play with you know the Nike ball and they you know I don't know how many Adidas teams yeah. they face, but they're like yeah the ball is different and it seems like he doesn't have any trouble with this Adidas ball right now. He's he's dropping everything. They might want to think about giving him an Adidas ball you know for every mm-hmm. game because he was he was on fire. Malachi Branham was on one last night he could not miss and and how much does that really have play into you know a performance and shooting I honestly don't know but when you look at the the guys that also it can go back to coaching you know in a certain way and it's we're in that situation where Nebraska's five best options on the floor 
in terms of free throw shooting, in terms of uh, mental toughness, in terms of just on the on court smarts, mm-hmm. right? It was tough and, to watch and because it's, it's, you're you're seriously not questioning Fred Hoiberg, but you're wondering, hey, if C.J. Wiltshire was out there instead of Fred or instead of Latman when he was hot, what, what what does that change? I mean, they the thing is they they Ohio State had scored. There was a timeout. Nebraska had called a timeout because they couldn't get inbound the ball. They they brought in their five best free throw shooters because they knew they were going to get fouled. The pass went to the corner to Kese. He he kind of got trapped. He passed it up to Latman. Latman kind of got trapped. He couldn't really see his options, didn't pass out of it, got fouled, yep. even though Ohio State didn't think that they had fouled him, <laughs> uh, which, I mean, if we want to go back in Ohio State, if they want to take that back, yeah, sure, go ahead. He went to the free throw <laughs> line, and he sh- and he short on both of them, just hit the front of the rim on both tries. Yep. And you could see it in, in his face. You could see it in the team's face. As soon as he went to the line, everybody thought, cash. Cash money. Both of these one. are going down. Just one. Both of these are both. going down. And just short-armed them. Think about that. Think about that. The expectation right there in that moment was one free throw. One. When you were when, when Latman specifically was two of two at from the at, at in the night or during the game. Mm-hmm. Small sample size, I know. I say, Doctor Tom, he's one but, of the best free. He's one of the best five free throw shooters you have. You had you put your five best free throw shooters in the game in that situation. Every coach does that. You get your guys who can hit shots, hit, hit free uh, throws. You get them in the game. I think he's shooting like sixty eight percent though from free throw line. So I'm not sure if he's hey, he's hitting them in practice. <laughs> who cares? And, and that's the thing is Look, like man. and like it was great to see him him after the game for forty minutes or whatever and. And shooting free throws and, and shooting shots, but and it could have been one some, of those things where he's also just he was the biggest guy in the game at the time. He could have been in there for defensive purposes as well, in case there's a steal and he's down there. You know, you still have to guard somebody if the ball gets stolen, and it's not a fast break bucket for Ohio State, so he's probably in there for that purpose as well. I mean, it's it all kinds of different things probably going through Fred's mind at the time and. That was the five best players that he put out there. Those were the guys who he had the faith in winning this game for Nebraska. And unfortunately, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I don't want to put the blame on all the blame on him. Like, you know, if, if a few things would have gone different earlier in the game, maybe they had a bigger lead. If they would have played better defense down the stretch in that in those last 30 seconds, you know, maybe the game, maybe they do win the game. So it, it was just an unfortunate set of circumstances that led to Latman missing those free throws. I don't know. It, it was a, it was a. Hard secret sequence to watch there for 13 seconds. I'm looking at the log right now. Um, Nebraska was up 72 to 70 with 22 seconds left. Two missed free throws. Then with nine seconds left, fouled that da- or Latman fouled down low. And That's when he fouled out. Uh, no, 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 no. He fouled, oh, he fouled out in overtime. overtime. Yeah, you're right. He then allowed, or then which allowed Ohio State to hit their two free throws. Which mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. Ohio State, give them credit. They did it on the road. They don't have the the backup of well we were at home you know they do or they they hit their free throws on the road. Well, then Nebraska had eleven ten seconds to to get down the court and they they had a shot and Kobe Which, you know went up thought he got fouled. Derek Walker went up and he he had done that at least two times before where he went up got the board and just kind of laid it in. Yeah. Unfortunately, Ohio State everybody collapsed and it just well, got blocked. Final thought from that from that secrets before we get to Jacob Padilla. Final thought here. I did like that shot. I liked that option oh, yeah. rather than – and Bach and I agreed, and I'm sure we'll talk about this here in a little bit. But it, we liked that shot selection over dribble for six seconds and then take a step take back. Yeah. Because it wasn't working all season long, right? He went to the rim, and like the the worst thing that could happen is exactly what happened, is he is he misses the shot. 
Mm-hmm. He could have got fouled. They, I'm, I, I don't want to say maybe they should have called a foul. There was a lot of contact. They were letting some things go and some things not. The, the, the refereeing crew was was all over the place, but overall, I think they did a pretty good job. Uh, yeah. So I can't, I, you know, I can't take, you know, blame them for anything there. But well. the worst thing that could have happened is he misses that shot, and Derek Walker was right there for the putback, and he just got blocked. It was just circumstance. Let's let's continue this conversation on the other side with Jacob Padilla of Hale Varsity. We'll do that next on the Happy Hour. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.